Welcome to Light Trees and News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Eric. Hey, what's up? Um, that pretty much is all I have, guys, energy-wise. <laughs> I have been <laughs> so sick uh, lately, so my voice is very precarious right now, um, which you might be able to hear. Maybe not. Maybe you're like, you sound great, in which case, thank you. Um, but I have been, like, so fucking sick for about a week, which is exciting because it's the summer. Yeah. Um. You you do have a good you got the good radio voice going. That's that's a yeah. plus. Great, 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 great. Good to hear. Um <laughs> so I, I guess I should just talk about this because you know, obviously um Lady Delta is having her way with us right now. Sure. So as soon as I was I told people I was sick, I had gone to and I'm not saying this is where I got sick. It's just that, you know, I've been isolating a lot. So it's easier to narrow down the possibilities of where you get sick now, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas like before, it was like, I don't, it could be one of a million gross places I was at in the city. Right. But I went to a party with a bunch of gross comedy people. That's definitely where you got sick. Yeah. And then I got sick. So I was like, okay, so I got sick at the the gross party with the gross comedy people. No offense. I'm a gross uh, person as well. So um, I immediately like I was like, I have the covid. I have to go (laughs) get a rapid response test Mm -hmm. because I also um, I've been freelancing and I have to go into a studio on Monday. And I was like, let me not bring covid to like. (laughs) 30 unsuspecting people who are just trying to give me money for my work. (laughs) Let me not be patient zero for these nice people. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I went to a rapid response clinic right on my street and Eric, I feel like every dumb person in the opening of like a post-apocalyptic film where clearly the apocalypse has happened or is happening and they don't realize it because Uh like I've been flashing back over like the past year and a half or so. And I think like my first warning moment like that was when I got my vaccine at the Javits center. And if you don't know what the Javits center is, it is this huge, huge complex right by where the used to be theater used to be um, in hell's kitchen. And it's like where like big conventions would happen, like Comic Con and shit like that. Truly and massive, huge, and they converted it for a vaccine site. And I, I like roll into there, and it's fully occupied by the military. Uh huh. So you like there's like a bunch of eighteen year olds, uh, you know, with with very severe haircuts, calling you ma'am, <laughs> and. Mm-hmm. Like, that should be, like, my first sign that, you know, the city has fallen. Yep. (laughs) Society has collapsed. Get out while you can. But then, so yesterday happens when I go to get my uh, rapid response test. And I'm just strolling down the block, totally oblivious. Um, Oh, that's not true. This had happened. Unrelated, but still kind of like a, a warning sign, you would think. I had been hearing sirens all day. I had texted a friend of mine and I was like, hey, do you still have the Citizen app on your phone? Because <laughs> I, I had to take it off of mine because it, it drives me insane. Sure. 
Um, and she checked and she was like, oh, yeah, I guess scaffolding collapsed and uh, killed a guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, on my block. And um, so I had been hearing those sirens all day. So I like walk out of my apartment. I look to my left and there's about 50 cop cars. <laughs> so I'm like, dooby dooby doo. And I, I walk down the block to the rapid response clinic uh-huh. and I walk in and there's like four of the most frazzled looking nurses I've ever seen in my life <laughs> shouting at each other. And I walk up to the desk again, dooby dooby doo. And I grab my clipboard and I started filling out my information and they were like kind of looking at me weird. And I go, hi, how you doing? And the girl behind the desk goes, we've seen 300 people today. And then the... <laughs> The senior nurse goes, lock the doors. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like the last person who got in before they locked the doors. <laughs> and I guess like half the staff had called out sick. Oh, my God. And they were just so understaffed. Like the first thing they said to me after lock the doors was, uh, we're not doing the rapid response test. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so how long will it take? And they're like, like 24 hours. And I was like, that's fine. That's totally fine. And they were like, once they knew I wasn't going to be a bitch, they like calmed down. Yeah. <laughs> but clearly they had been like screamed at all day because they were like, we're not doing it. All right. And I was like, Jesus. Okay. Okay. Um, so got my test back negative for the COVID. So I am just generally sick with something else. So that's good, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, also why my voice sounds kind of rough right now. So apologies for that, everyone. Eric, how are you? How are you doing? Well, it's the middle of the night for me. So uh, I'm doing all right, given circumstances. I was just it's thinking... It's the middle of the night because you are on a weird schedule. Because I'm, I'm an overnight worker. I got up specifically for this. Um, yeah, I. it's funny that you're just saying that. I was just thinking, like, I do think that, like... It sucks how much pressure we put on them, but truly, anytime there's even one second of like human moment or inconvenience in a healthcare setting, I just assume everything is falling apart. That's like the one thing you assume is going to be rock solid. And like you go to a hospital and like something healthcare? is out of place. Yeah. Healthcare in the United States, you expect to be <laughs> rock solid. Not the system, not the system, <laughs> but the place. When I go to the hospital, I expect it to work properly. I should say I got the feeling that outside of COVID times, this clinic is like great. Sure. Because once they knew I was okay with like waiting 24 hours for my test, between the time I got there and left was maybe 10 minutes. Nice. It is It is funny how I, I, I think you're right. I'm sure when they when people showed up and they found out they had to wait 24 hours for a test, they were like, this is unacceptable. I'm going to burn this place down. But like, it's amazing how in a year, how we've just come to expect that, like getting a test back in less than a day seems amazing. It's a miracle. Oh, and then like the fact that they just emailed me my results and I didn't have to go in. I was like, this is so fucking convenient. It was free, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, cause it's an emergency. It's a pandemic. Um, but I also like imagine if our healthcare system just worked that way all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> free, convenient, emailed me my results. <laughs> I didn't have to miss work. It was great. Yeah, unbelievable. Um yeah, otherwise I'm good. Uh it is so hot. Uh so I've been dealing with that. Um but otherwise, like I did I did did I tell you 
I did something fun. I, I wanted to do it the entire time I lived in New York, and I just never could figure out the logistics of doing it. But uh, this is, I mean, this is going a ways back now. But July 4th, so almost a month ago, July 4th, I drove down to Alabama and surprised my parents. Totally unannounced. And I just, um, my dad's birthday is on July 3rd. So I just drove, oh, shit. I just drove up and surprised him for his birthday. Oh my God. Did they freak out? They, it was crazy. It was cause we drove, we drove like basically not overnight, but like we drove like pretty late in the night the day before. And then we got there the morning of his birthday. And so we like, I, we got a hotel, but we got up early, like about, you know, around the time that I know that like he gets up and stuff. And I just, I just drove to their house. <laughs> I just pulled up to their house, uh, completely unannounced. And they, yeah, they, they freaked out. It was awesome. Oh, that's experience. so great. I, I really feel for people who like, it's, obviously awesome you could do that but like i know people who until very recently were like yeah i haven't seen my parents for like two years yeah because oh, yeah. of the pandemic and it's like holy shit like my parents live in north jersey so we were able to work out like visits even during the worst of it you know right um but like yeah some people were just like yeah i just can't like if your parents live in a different country or something we're sort of like i'll see you when i see you awful yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah, it's just really hard. Um, Unless you don't have a good relationship with your parents, in which case, um, that's great. Really <laughs> change anything for you? Um, and I, I feel you, and I acknowledge you. And uh, but yeah, for people who <laughs> obviously wanted to see their parents, it was tough. Yeah, I'm sure there are people who are like, the pandemic is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Or at the very <laughs> least, it didn't like change anything too much. <laughs> right, right, right. Um. Yeah. Uh. No, that was really fun. It was. I, I. Like I said, when I moved to New York, I I had wanted to do that. I thought it'd be fun, and I just could never. It's so much harder to do it from there because like you have to fly and all that stuff. But it, it was like fun to be able to do it because I always wanted to do that. Um. But yeah. Other than that, not. I mean, not a whole lot. Just been chilling, honestly. Um. Trying to wet. You know, deal with all this summer heat and trying to go out more now that we can. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Although that mm-hmm. may change again soon, I guess. I'll, I'll say this. Enjoy it while you can. <laughs> is what I'll say about that. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about uh, Lady Delta more oh, in a second. Um, but uh, before we get to all that, I wanted to thank Angela, who's my newest Patreon supporter. Guys, I have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny for as little as $5 a month. You can support my work over there, which is very much appreciated. <laughs> um, man, I feel like I am just racing through this, so I mm. don't have another coughing fit. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Um, <clears throat> Eric, can you hold on one second? Yeah, yeah. So. It's funny because, like, um, I don't talk to a lot of people throughout the because I'm w- working from home and stuff. Sure. So I was like, I'm not that sick. And now trying to do this, I'm just like, holy <laughs> mother. Um, I'm going to, I think I'm going to put on my air. 
All right. <laughs> I was like afraid to because of the noise, but supposedly Riverside uh, filters out background noise. Oh, nice. <clears throat> well, we'll see. I'm testing it with this episode. <laughs> um, so recommendations and Eric obviously haven't spoken to you in a while. Want to get mm-hmm. your recommendations as well. If you have any new ones. Sure. Um, I am going to recommend Werewolves Within. Have you heard about this movie? No. I'm sold, though, already. So it is from... um, I forget where I watched it. I think it's on Amazon now. Um, I always yell at people for not telling me where to watch stuff, and now I'm doing (laughs) that to you guys. But um, it is by Josh Rubin. Who's this really great writer director? Um, he did Scare Me. Have you ever heard of that film? I've heard of it. I never saw it, but I, I, I am familiar with that. <clears throat> so, Werewolves Within has Sam Richardson in it. If you're a fan of Veep, you uh, probably know Sam Richardson. Very, very funny comedic actor. I'm actually going to be recommending two Sam Richardson vehicles in the recommendation (laughs) section. Love it. So if you're a fan of Sam, boy, is this episode for you. (laughs) Um, But uh, werewolves with that, I don't want to say too much about it. Obviously it's about werewolves, um, but it's very, very funny and uh, kind of an allegory for living in America right now. (laughs) So it's, it's very funny, very entertaining. If you're a fan of, uh, Scary, sort of cheesy films, very much like Clue, I would say. Check it out for sure. That's a (coughs) saying something is like Clue is a strong recommendation. Yeah, it sort of reminded me of it in that it is a bunch of like eclectic, wacky characters gathered in more or less a single location, and it's like a whodunit. Yeah. So if that sounds entertaining to you, definitely check out Werewolves Within. And also I would check out uh, Scare Me Too, which is a really, really, again, funny, strange um, horror film. I think it might even be a short. I don't think it's like a full-length film um, about two writers who find themselves in a location at the same time and tell each other scary stories. Love that. Um, and it's, uh, I don't want to say again too much. There's like a a pretty epic twist in it, um, that I really, really enjoyed. But, uh, yeah, Josh is great. Um, I'm a fan of everything he does. Uh, Werewolves Within is written by Mishna Wolf. Um, (laughs) funny enough. And, uh, yeah. I would say also if you're... A fan of um, do do do. What's her name? Aya Cash. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. She's in Scare Me, and she's like spectacular in it. Um, nice. Chris Red is also in it, and he's great as well. Um, but yeah, if you are a fan of You're the Worst and you like Aya, definitely check that out. She's like one of those actresses that I just feel like never gets enough praise. Truly, yes. Um, if you ever if you watch The Boys, same deal. She's spectacular in that. I'm like, when is she going to win all the awards? Um, so also in the horror vein, 
I saw yesterday a film called My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To, which is a really, really weird take on the vampire mythology that is super dark, but uh, I really enjoyed, and I don't want to tell you any more than that, Um, because it's a lot of spoilers, but it's great. Yeah, that's a great title. I'm a, I'm a, I'm into titles like that. I I go back and forth, but I think I think it works here. Yeah, it uh, it's they take the the name from a song that is in the movie. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's sort of I I really like vampire films. Uh, sort of like uh, Let the Right One In that sure. come at the vampire mythology from like a slightly different angle where it's like, what if vampires weren't just like immortal hot people who get to party and have a great time? <laughs> right. Cause then it's sort of like, yeah, that sounds awesome. But what if <laughs> being a vampire sucks? <laughs> you know, no pun intended, but like what if living forever isn't just like one big long rave, you know? Right. 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 Which it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be, guys. I'm sorry to say it wouldn't just be awesome underground parties <laughs> all the time. Um, well, now I feel like we have to make a movie called Being a Vampire Sucks. <laughs> Isn't that uh, what we do in the shadows? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like, what would happen if this was actually <laughs> a thing? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, also, as I said, this is a Sam Richardson dedicated episode. Mm-hmm. How did I never see Detroiters until recently? I saw you tweet this and I was like, truly, how did this happen? Like, I don't know. So I'll tell you. Actually, I asked the question, but I'll answer for you right now. Much in the same way that I had only seen RuPaul's Drag Race until recently, it was fucking impossible to find online. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So now it's on Paramount Plus, and shout out to my very kind listener who gave me their Paramount Plus login information and let me like create my own profile, <laughs> <laughs> which was super nice of you. So I could watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Detroiters is now on Paramount Plus. So nice. I am in the process of watching it right now. What a treat. Um, Tim Robinson and Sam Richards are uh, Richardson? What did I just say? I think you just Sam said Richardson. Richardson. Yeah, there you go. I said Richards. Richardson. Um, God, they're fucking geniuses. It's, I mean, I think we talked about this when the first one came out, but like Tim Robinson is just like it, insane. I mean, he's just incredible. I mean, Sam Richardson, obviously incredible, but uh, uh, Tim is just like, I don't understand how it just took until now for him to kind of like blow up. I don't. Yeah, I mean, like, with Tim, I've seen some people, like, actually comedy people, uh, more of the, like, let's say, uh, uh, lefty variety be, like, not into him because they reduce what he does to shouting white, white guy. Right. And I think what that fails to acknowledge is he's making fun of that. Right. He's making fun of the type of white guy who, like, loses his shit at the most minor inconvenience <laughs> and has a complete meltdown because he's been asked to mildly alter his behavior. Yeah. Like, he is making fun of that guy. And you either get that or you don't. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think he's a fucking genius. 
At least once a day, I find myself walking around my house just thinking, coffin flop. Oh, my <laughs> God. Do you know the one that actually made me laugh so hard I was crying from this uh, latest season mm-hmm. of I Think You Should Leave? The fucking mall prank. <laughs> where he yeah. with the and it's the line where he goes i don't want to be here anymore <laughs> and he goes do you mean like alive <laughs> like they realize he's like suicide like he has suicidal ideations from having to do this stupid prank yeah is when i actually started laughing so hard i was crying i had to like pause it because i couldn't breathe and that's not an exaggeration it's not hyperbole i could not stop laughing um it was so good yeah so yeah uh i guess a, an entire recommendation for i think you should leave too even though i've recommended that before on the show yeah the newest season is so good it is just like it, it's i there's i know this when it came out i think there was a lot of people i saw that were like wow because he was a, a a featured player on snl for i think one season and people were kind of like, I can't believe like they didn't use him or like he flamed out. And I was honestly yeah. like, he's, t- I mean, he's, it just didn't. He's too weird. He's too fucking weird in like it's, the it's, best way. Yeah. It, it was too weird. He was never going to work on SNL. And frankly, I'm glad. I'm glad that he didn't find success on it. I mean, it would be good for him, but like, I'm glad that he didn't. I don't know if it would have been good for him. That like, I think it's so great when people like him eventually find their niche because. It shows that SNL is a very specific thing that is not yeah. for everyone. Um, and it's not necessarily the best thing for people to get, you know? Like, he's a great example of that, where, like, he has such a weirdness to him. I wish SNL would be as weird as Tim is most <laughs> of the time. Right. SNL is for specifically Keenan Thompson. Yeah, or like, you know, like, I mean, Anna Dresden is like one of the best comedy writers yeah, around, sure. um, but she she can make it work for her, you know, like, right. I even think she's a little weirder than SNL lets her be, <laughs> um, you know, not to, I, I don't know her personally, but like, just having followed her online and stuff, I'm like, oh, she's so funny and she's so much weirder than I think SNL lets her be, but um, yeah, she can still make it work. And like, you know, people like... um. Uh, Ad Bryan and like um, Cecily and like there's there's so many examples of like great weird funny people who do make it work for SNL yeah but you you have to like have a very specific track you know where it's like you have to like develop a partnership with the writers you have to work one on one with them you have to like bring like the correct pitches that they can work with you know right. And if you don't vibe with someone, if you are bringing very, very strange ideas to the table and they're sort of like, ah, <laughs> I don't know how to work with this, then like you're kind of fucked. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it worked out for the best. So guys, what I'm trying to say is like, if you think you are getting a great opportunity and it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. Certainly not the end of the world. Maybe it's just not for you and something better will come, um, you know across your table and it'll ultimately be for the best so while we're talking about beautiful disasters um have you seen are you aware of are you interested in house of gucci oh i i kind of am interested in it i is it out yet i just saw i saw a trailer for it uh it's not out yet 
we were gifted with the trailer mm-hmm. yesterday. Right. And I would like to talk about it now. Okay. So I have to talk about Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Because um, Stephanie, she she prides herself on the fact that she is Italian. Sure. She likes to share that fact with almost anyone who will interview her. Yep. Um, so it is with that in mind that I, I would like to say that I think it's very brave of the creators of House of Gucci that they apparently let everyone in that film do their own idea of what an <laughs> Italian accent is. Because Lady Gaga sounds Russian. Uh-huh. Yep. And I say that as someone with Italian family members, I know I know what an Italian accent sounds like. I have a lot of Italian friends who are like, you know, uh, second generation. Sure. Italian. Yep. Their parents have very thick Italian accents. I, I've heard that accent a lot is what I'm saying. So I know what it sounds like. What is happening in the house of Gucci <laughs> is not an Italian accent by anyone. Uh-huh. That includes nope. Adam Driver. That includes, I think Jared Leto is supposed to have one too. <laughs> no one sounds Italian in that trailer. And it's a beautiful train wreck. And I will be seeing the movie. Oh, sure. I want to see it. Um, it looks wild. It, it, there's so much going on. I don't. It is so funny to me the amount of effort and I am sure like personal dedication that Jared Leto puts into every role that he's trying to like transform and method act for and everyone just immediately shits on him. Here's the thing. If they wanted Jared Leto to look the way Jared Leto looks in that film, (laughs) why didn't they just hire an actor that looks like that? Because there's a lot of like much better character actors who are like middle aged, Uh don't aren't shredded, but like have been spending the time that they would have being in the gym on like acting classes and like (laughs) theater and like, you know, honing their chops and would be great. Yeah. In that mo- Why didn't they just hire one of them? <laughs> if that's what they wanted. Yeah. And then Adam Driver. I love <clears throat> my favorite thing about Adam Driver is like I they I, I think he's a good actor. I, I like him a lot. He's great. I love Adam Driver. It's just so funny to me that like every role is just like, okay, great. Adam, change nothing about yourself. <laughs> Keep your long hair. Do absolutely yep. nothing. We'll put you're a pair great. of glasses on you and you're good to go. You're great. Jared, <laughs> you are going to be in the makeup chair for 12 hours. Adam, you look great. You look. Could you put yeah. on these, these uh, $5 pair of CVS glasses we picked up real quick? Yeah, it's like, um, Jared, is there, could you possibly actually age 30 years? Is that po- Can we put you in some sort of chamber to th- actually age 30 years? Adam, uh, again, great. <laughs> so good. Change nothing. Right. How are you? Are you okay? Do you want a back rope? Yeah. Um, so good. So, oh, well, I guess, should we also talk about uh, Adam Driver's photo shoot? Which one? I don't know if I saw this. Oh, oh, Eric. Okay. So, he blew up Twitter the other day because he did a photo shoot where he's on horseback. Did you not see this? I don't think so. Okay, Google it quickly, Adam Driver horse. <laughs> Adam Driver horse, great. It was a huge day for every horse oh, girl my turned oh, horse no. woman. He looks like he's straight out of a romance novel. Um, there's one shot that makes him look kind of like a centaur. 
uh, where it looks like he has the body of a horse. It's a it's a big day. Oh, I'll just no. say for for women who used to write fan fiction. Sure. It was, yeah. It was basically for those women. Um, I'm really happy for them. I'm happy for Adam Driver. He looks great. He somehow is like more shredded than ever. Um, he's like more shredded in this photo than when he was like in a movie where he was playing like a monk who doesn't eat. Yeah. It, it's it like I assume he chased down that horse and like <laughs> wrestled it into submission and then they took those photos because he looks like that kind of shape, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, oh, my favorite part of the trailer, though, I have to say this is when Lady Gaga, again, ostensibly saying this in an Italian accent that sounds Russian father son in house of Gucci (laughs) which again is not an Italian accent but I love it and she looks like she's committing uh I'm so excited I'm so excited I'm gonna see it yeah it looks it look I I definitely want to see it it's it, it looks like a classic train wreck of a movie yeah, it's going to be a lot. Like, anytime I see Lady Gaga and anything, I just want it to be a lot, you know? <laughs> that was, like, when one of her last music videos she did came out, and I hadn't seen it, and I, like, texted a friend, and I was like, please just tell me it's a lot. And she was <laughs> like, it's the most. And I was right. like, that's all I want from her. Of course. I want her swinging for the fences, making big choices. And, like, yeah, maybe she fails, but she went for it. So, yeah. I'm excited. I just enjoy um, being constantly like I, I think I've said this on the show before, but Lady Gaga and I were born on the exact same day. So I just enjoy at. being reminded of where she's at in her life and where I'm at. Wait, I feel like I've done this so much on this show, but I can never remember <laughs> what celebrities were born on the day I was born. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you know why? Because it's not that interesting. I just Googled. <laughs> it's... um. Ava Mendez. Do you guys remember Ava Mendez? Yeah, a little bit. You said uh, it, and I was like, I think I know who that is. She's great, uh, but she did like disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, not disappear. She she went to go have a normal life and like have kids, which good for her. Right. Um. Yeah, and then it's like a bunch of oh, Pendulette Bragg. <laughs> oh, um, to be clear, when I say. Lady Gaga and I were born on the same day. I'm talking same day, same year. Oh, okay. Let me check that. Hold on. We're, ex- oh, we're exactly the same age. Ugh, it's just Pendulette. Oh, my God. Hold on. Pendulette and I are the same age? No, there's no way. There's no way. No way. There's no way. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Everybody calm down. No. No. Okay. He's 66. <laughs> 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 I, put, I put in March 5th, 1983, and he came up. Oh, no. Oh, that was so funny. For a first split second, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, then I don't know how to search this, because when I put in March 5th, 1983, he comes up. So all, why? All I did was go to the... um. I just like went to the Wikipedia for the day and went through the book because they list them. They list them by year. Oh, smart. Yeah. Hey, but- do you guys remember when I thought Pendulette and I were the same age? <laughs> for a split second, I was like, no way. And then I was like, no way. Pendulette looks terrible. 
He looks awful. I look fantastic. Um, oh my god, that scared me so badly, and I don't know why. Um, okay, I'm not going to be able to find this now. But if anybody knows what celebrities were born on March 5th, 1983, let me know. That is so funny. Because uh, <laughs> okay, there is like so, anytime, anytime like something comes up like that that you know is wrong, there is the split second you're like, wait. Oh my god. <laughs> about stuff before in the past so sure. it's always a possibility that i could be wrong um oh uh my final recommendation billy eilish's new album happier than ever specifically the track happier than ever what a good mm-hmm. fucking time i had a dance party all by myself listening to it so i do recommend that as well eric do you have anything new you want to recommend oh um let's see uh yes uh i'm trying to think I mean, it's been so long since I've done the show. I'm trying to, um, but recently, so this week, I there's a band that I've been aware of for a long time because I'm, I'm I'm like fan of all the other bands kind of around them, and I but for some reason I just never got into them. I don't know if that that happens to like other people, but I was just like for some reason I just never got around to it. I was never like, but I finally like took the plunge this week and I love them. It's a band called Drug Church. Um, great name. Yeah. I like for some reason I just never like got around to it, and then that's all I've listened to this past week. Like all like that's all I've listened. I've listened to their, I listened like the first night I like listened to their entire discography, um, just like straight through from from beginning to end, like five years worth of stuff. Um, and then yeah, that's all I've been listening to this week. So I highly recommend wow. checking that out. Um, in terms of like watching stuff, uh. I, well, I've been rewatching Billions in Succession because they are preparing to come back. Do you remember when I very seriously like sat you down and I was like, you have to watch Billions? Yes, yes. You were like, you, this is a show for you. And I was like, yeah, I'll check it out. You're like, that's not to pat myself on the back for accurately predicting that you would like it, but I was just so sure that like (laughs) that was a good match that I was like, Eric. Yeah. Eric, write it down. <laughs> Go home right now and watch Billions. I stopped watching Billions. I need to pick it back up. Yeah, I. it, it was funny because you were like, you have to do this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And you're like, no, no. No, <laughs> no. Ha- you have to do it. You Hear my must words. Yeah. yeah. Um, amazing show. Um, and they, paw- they like paused their latest season because it just wasn't in the middle of COVID. Right. Um, so they're about to come back, though, which is super exciting. So I've been like trying to catch up on that. Um, and Succession has got a new season coming out. So want to make sure I'm fresh on those. Um, it's really interesting to see how every show coped with COVID. Like, I yeah. prefer the the track where they don't acknowledge it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. Um, although I was watching... Uh, a comedy that was really, really good. Oh, I should recommend this. I just, I like, I didn't think of it because I binge watched it in truly a day. Yeah. This Way Up. Have you ever heard of that? No. What is that? It's a comedy about two Irish sisters. Um, and one is uh, dealing with some stuff, some substance abuse, depression stuff. And mm-hmm. the, the pilot is uh, her sister picking her up from rehab. And it's about their relationship and her dealing with like mental health stuff. But it's very, very, very funny. Okay. Um, but 
they don't acknowledge COVID that much. There's like a couple moments where they're watching the news in season two and they're like, oh, lockdown. And then the final episode, like the final scene of season two, uh, the sister is leaving her office and there's just like one guy wearing a mask behind her. <laughs> and that's like the most they acknowledge it. But it's sort of in like this really creepy environmental way. Um but yeah, it's been interesting. Like uh, I talked about Loki a lot on this show because I right. loved it. But the way the pandemic completely changed the production of that show, like it really transformed it in this cool way where it became like a really lonely, almost like a play with like Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson. It was always like Tom and one other person in every scene. And they had these big set pieces that were supposed to be filled with people that they just had to empty. So it was like, sort of him this like singular figure walking through these giant set pieces alone <laughs> or just like with owen wilson and it's like a very lonely feeling show but which actually contributed a lot to the overall vibe of it because right. loki's a really lonely character so it actually like enhanced it in a really cool way but um yeah i i prefer when shows don't acknowledge it because yeah. i don't want to think about it <laughs> you know what's really funny is now you say that i was just thinking so Obviously, like the Law and Order franchise had to keep going. So, on Law and Order SVU, they basically don't acknowledge it. They just started like one day, like every now and again, like when they're walking outside, they're wearing masks. But that drives me nuts because then they have to like take off the mask for any scene. Yep. So, like, I've seen a couple clips where Olivia is like very close to someone and just like takes down her mask. And I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They do that all the time. They're just like walking around masks. And as soon as they have to do something, they take it off. It's like, what is the point of this? Um, What is the point? What is the point? But I was just thinking it's so funny because they don't, they don't really address it in the show except for that. Like, they'll, they'll, like, occasionally like something weird will happen and they'll just be like, ah, COVID. Um, uh, Ah, COVID. you know, uh, (laughs) um, but they launched the, the new show that's based around Stabler. Cause, um, yeah, Maloney we, we came talked back. about this uh, last time you were on the show. Yeah, yeah. Right, but it's just so f- it's just so funny. It's just like, yeah, one show's not really doing it, and then the other show is basically entirely based around COVID. It's like they're like stealing vaccines. That's like the oh my the, god. That's like the um, uh, Dylan McDermott who's on that show, The Practice. He like he's the bad guy in that show and that's like his whole deal is he's just like stealing vaccine that's like the new mob boss thing is like he's stealing vaccines and like selling them to doctors or something i'm just like <laughs> it's just the Dear most out, just the most outlandish way to possibly talk about covid they were just like dick wolf is just like we're going all in all right this whole I thing mean, is about listen, COVID. dick wolf is gonna dick wolf you know <laughs> yeah he, he's gonna do uh, exactly that to the pandemic where it's like yeah. you think this is bad wait until i get my grubby <laughs> little mitts on it um, you, know, you know what else i just uh, this is i don't even know if this is a recommendation because i literally just started it because i was i was bored and i needed something to do don't judge it. me don't okay. judge me okay i watched the first two episodes of homeland oh yeah so that's a great show that again i just stopped watching and i'm not sure why 
You know that was the debut performance of Mr. Timothy Chalamet. Yes, I've I've heard. I haven't gotten to that point yet, but I've I've been told. I I also never got to him because I stopped watching it. <laughs> and again, no good reason. I like I actively remember watching it and being like, everyone is excellent in this, and this uh-huh. is a good show. And then I just quietly stopped watching it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I watched two episodes last night. It's really good. I'm, I'm I in- got it. Um, I'm a big fan of what's his name, um, Damien, the guy, the guy da- in that. Of course, Damien Lewis. That's why I started watching it because Damien Lewis is in Billions. So correct. But <laughs> I had a crush. I had a crush on him before that from watching Band of Brothers. Yes, because that also has my other husband in it, Ron Livingston. Oh, Ron Livingston. Band of Brothers was so good. Oh, so good. So many cute boys in it. Of course, I watched the whole thing. I had a crush on like 20 men in it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that's the first thing I saw him in. And I was like, who is this tall, redheaded dream boat? <laughs> and then I had to watch Billions because of him. And yep. then, you know, Paul Giamatti is a fucking genius. So, oh, that's the other thing. Do you, have you seen the trailer for the for the new Billions? No. OK, here's the thing. There's not much going on in the trailer. You know, I mean, it's just like basic, you know, hype trailer kind of stuff. But I don't know what the hell happened, but. Paul Giamatti apparently decided that the pandemic was the time for him to get in shape. No. <laughs> yes. No. I hate that. In the trailer, he is clean shaven. No. He's he's lost like a ton of weight. No. I, he Does he looks, look weird? He looks like he looks he there's not enough like of a shot to tell like truly like how much loss. It might have just been that he, he's like clean shaven and just cleaned up a little bit. But like he definitely looks like he looks like um yeah, it looks weird. It looks weird. It's like it's like I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It looks crazy. Like I had to stop. I just stopped the trailer. I was like, what is happening? Here's because the thing. like All bodies are good bodies. Yes. We don't know why he went on this transformation or this journey. It might have been for his health. If he feels good, that's great. Yes. But you know, there are just some people who don't, I like, I'm trying to picture in my head him thin and I'm upset. I can't, it's hard. I mean, you can't really tell. I think there's not enough. It's like a, you know, one of those trailers that like, it's like cutting from scene to scene every two seconds. Right, so right. Hard to tell if there's like a full transformation going on, but definitely in the face. Like he's cleaned up. It's, it's clear that he's like, wow. you know, lost weight. And I'm just like. This is, it's, again, because it's Paul Giamatti, you're like, what is happening? What's happening? Well, I hope he feels good. Yeah. I hope, like, yeah. I hope he did it for himself. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, but it's, I, I'm I'm really stoked on that. But, and, wow. yeah, blessed Paul Giamatti. I, for, forever in my heart, Paul Giamatti. You know what I always forget about him, though? He, too, is a child of uh, nepotism. Is he? I didn't know that. Yeah, his um his his dad was like a general manager of um baseball? Is that right? Okay. Um but yeah, very very powerful. He's like yeah, I mean that is he's like one of those rich New Yorker powerful yes. people. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um man, Wikipedia has really been dicking me today. <laughs> I asked who was born on my oh oh yeah here we go bartlett giamatti what a name 
Oh, I'm sorry. He was the commissioner of Major League Baseball. Oh, oh, okay. He, he was the he, commissioner. He was the boss of the bosses. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, and he was also the president of Yale. <laughs> no, are you serious? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. What? Angel, are you ready for this name? Angelo Bartlett Giamatti. Wow, what a name! What a name! So yeah, he. As much as we love Paul Giamatti, he too is a child of nepotism. <laughs> Sorry. Well, well, that's Did why I just he's... ruin your day? Sorry. Well, now we know. I mean, it's now. I mean, that's why he had all that time to become a good actor. Well, it also makes you think about like the scenes where he is like commanding a room of people and he's like screaming. And I'm like, wow, I wonder if he just like learned this watching his dad. Right. Uh, yeah. And also like he's very comfortable being in a in, like a rich person. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. He he can tap into that world, and now we know why. But it's um, it, it works for billions because like that's his whole deal. He's like this like lawyer, powerful family, New York like you know elite person. So yeah, that's just him, I guess. Totally. <laughs> and like, listen, um, I'm not like holding it against him or anything. As far as I, I've never heard that Paul Giamatti, I've never heard him that he was like an asshole or anything. In fact, I've heard from comedy people that he's like very, very nice. Right. Um, so no disrespect, but, uh, Hollywood is a cesspool. Um, <laughs> you only make it if you have connections, it's yep. completely rigged. Um, let your dreams die is what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> Guys on that note, it's that time of the show. Here's your bad news. That was a good segue, right? Yeah, absolutely. Let your dreams die before Let we talk about bad die. news. Yep. Let them die. Let them go. Um, are you immediately related to someone powerful in Hollywood? No. <laughs> Let that dream die. Let yeah. it die, baby. Uh, so, oh, yeah. <laughs> we got to talk about Delta. Oh, it's God. bad, guys. The CDC just came out and said that it's as contagious as chicken pox. That's bad. That's really Eric- contagious. I, I lose track of this because I said that to someone the other day and they had the fucking gall to text me back. Oh, I don't really remember the chicken pox thing because the vaccine existed when I was born. What? I'm sorry. The don't what? talk to your elder that way. Um, There's a chicken pox vaccine? Yes. What? Yes. Eric, Google it. It exists. Chicken pox vaccination. <laughs> That is Varicella vaccine. That is insane to me. Are you? I I had no clue that that was a thing because, like, when I was a kid, it was like you got to go get the chicken pox. Yes. So I had to explain <laughs> the idea of a chicken pox party to them. Yeah. Where I was like, yeah, your parents took you to your gross cousins who already had the chicken pox uh-huh. and let you play around like a little dumb asshole <laughs> for an afternoon. And yep. then all of a sudden you're scratching like crazy and they're like, don't scratch it. You'll scar yourself for life. For life. So then you have to sit there watching Mr. Rogers like an idiot <laughs> wanting to scratch for like several weeks. Just like covered in calamine lotion. Yeah. Just like, like, like you're, you're not in a cast but it feels like you're in a cast because they're like put this all over your body don't move don't you dare move 
And the person I was telling this to was like, what? <laughs> Your parents let you? And I was like, they thought that was like, that was the healthy option to get it out of the way, you know? Yes, because if you get it as an adult, it's right. crazy. Right. Um, so having said all that, uh, yeah, Delta is as contagious as the chickenpox, which is bad. Everybody, it's bad. Wear a mask. If only... Because you remember the story I just told you about getting locked inside a clinic when there were hordes of people outside, like the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, I immediately, bad. I immediately walked home and I googled to see if the uh, Ireland has a, a descent citizenship program <laughs> that if you if you could prove you had a relative who was born in Ireland, and yeah. I, I have relatives who were born in Ireland, you get automatic citizenship Ooh! so i immediately walked home to see if the program was because they froze it during covid obviously because every american who had (laughs) ancestry was trying to get back into the motherland and they were like no 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 they were doing the Um, eric andre bit just like let us in (laughs) right uh so it's still frozen but i i messaged my mom and i was like can we prove can we find great grandmother's records <laughs> to prove that we are from the motherland? Um, Cause I was like planning my escape um, because it was that bad where I was like, Oh, I, I see the writing on the wall. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. <clears throat> I mean, it doesn't help that like the, the scariest thing to me is cause I keep seeing stuff that's like, you know, if you like if you're vaccinated certainly there's a there's a chance of hospitalization but it's very it's low but you still can get it right there's right, there's right. there's still a chance for for breakthrough infection and it's like if you have a cold you need to get tested and i'm like oh god yeah. <laughs> like i feel That's like I, I went yeah yeah i feel like i wake up most days with some <laughs> sort of like symptom yeah I I was really sick, but I didn't have like supposedly the COVID cough is dry mm. and my cough is not dry. Right. So I was like, I don't think I have it, but I'm just going to be safe. Of course. Anecdotally, I'm hearing about a lot of breakthrough infections, but I will say <clears throat> nobody's been hospitalized. People who are vaccinated are testing positive, but they're faring far better than if they were unvaccinated and they got COVID. Right. But still a cause for concern because what I think the media hasn't done a great job of conveying is great. So you're vaccinated, you're double vaccinated, you have COVID, you don't have severe symptoms. Great. If you then go somewhere and an unvaccinated person is exposed to you, you could kill them. Right. And that connection in people's minds, like I hear people all the time being like, yeah, but I'm double vaccinated. It's like you could kill someone and not even know it. Right. It also strikes me and I'm no epidemiologist, um, but it strikes me that the more like especially when we're talking about breakthrough, like people who have had a vaccine and, and the virus is still getting in, even though the chances of, of hospitalization are pretty low. That seems to be like the breeding ground for how these viruses mutate. Right. And then it's like, okay, great. So the more breakthrough, the more chance we're going to have of the next variant and the next variant and the next variant. 
yeah, like we're going to be dealing with this for years. And I, I know nobody wants to acknowledge that because it's depressing. Yeah. But it's true, especially because like there's so many people who are still unvaccinated. And I know we always like to talk about like the the MAGA heads who are the ones who are unvaccinated. But it's also a lot of like poor people who don't know that the vaccine is free. Right. They can't take time off from work. They can't find transportation to get to a clinic to get the vaccine. There are other factors at play other than they're a dump. They're a dump. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're a dump. They're a dumb Trump person. Also, this gets lost because of the past two years, but never forget the original anti-vaxxers were like the crunchy hippies. Yes. 100%. <laughs> the first time I ever met an anti-vaxxer was uh they were vegan <laughs> yep and mm-hmm. lived in brooklyn and did hot yoga and were a good liberal uh anti-vaxxer and it was like well i don't want my little willow <laughs> putting something into their body that doesn't come from mother nature and it was like there were a lot of like um woo woo Oh yeah, hippie types and like jujitsu and like that world, you know. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely not just Republicans. Also, I don't think Republicans should fucking die just because they're Republicans. <laughs> you know, I, I, like yeah. there are a lot of people online who were like, "Good fuck these people," and I'm like, "Listen, you don't have to like these people. Obviously, we do not agree with them. Um, but I don't want people to die, you know." Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, like, that's my biggest thing is sort of like, that is, I think, a popular thing with the vaccine is sort of like, well, if you get it, then whoever doesn't get it is like, yeah, it's on them. And it's like, fuck them. Yeah. It's like, okay, I get that. But also, that's how the virus keeps spreading. That's the thing. Like, it's not just going to kill them. Like, it's going to fuck everybody. So on a practical level, that's also not a good strategy. Right. But also, just be good. Like, don't <laughs> don't root for people to fucking die, please. Like, yeah. Uh, even if they're they don't like you, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I also there's also people and like admittedly I haven't worn my mask as much. Um I still wear it in like crowded places and I probably will start again. Um I also don't go out that much, so you know, whatever. But uh respect. Also like <laughs> I've seen a bunch of people like, so so what are we gonna do? We're just gonna wear masks forever? And it's like there are a lot of places they already do that for yeah. like the flu and for colds because it's Japan. courteous. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not yeah. that big of a deal. No, like once I started doing it, I was like, oh, this is genius. Like on the subway and stuff. I'm like, I'm always yeah. going to do this, especially if I have a cold. Yeah. Like I right. don't want to spread it to other people. It's insane. Um, like thinking back on living in New York, we just let people go on the subway sick and just spread germs everywhere. Yeah. I mean, because <laughs> uh, we don't give a shit about people. <laughs> Or I should say the government doesn't, like right. uh, local or national. Um, yeah, like uh, we we don't guarantee health care or shelter or food. Uh, it's every man for himself and fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> but it 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 is interesting because New York is one of the few places where unless you are like the uber rich, 
you still probably use some kind of public transportation or you are around a shitload of people. Right. Like even when I worked at very, 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 very wealthy hedge funds, like a CEO at some point has to share the space with the rest of the employees. Right. So you think just from like a public health perspective, they would care a little more. Right. Cause they're like, Oh, it's some, point i'm gonna have to breathe the air that the pores breathe and if they're sick i could get sick but then of course you have access to like the best hospitals and doctors in the world and you can like deal with it on that end but but you think just like on a you don't want to get sick right like you don't want to go through that so you think they would care more on that end right yeah yeah you would think so right but here we are in a (laughs) pandemic Uh, So I also wanted to talk about the eviction moratorium expiring today, actually, Saturday, because uh, Congress wanted to go on your little summer vacation. (laughs) Oh, isn't that nice? Like they're eight years old. Yeah. Um, When when most Americans don't get to just take (laughs) the summer off, they have to keep working. Yeah, they they said uh, a big fuck you to everybody and uh, left. And now, what is it, 15 million people? Something like that. Yeah, it's going to be bad. It's going to be be really bad. They're already months behind in rent. Mm -hmm. And they were really counting on this moratorium being extended by Congress. But Congress had to go on your summer vacation. (laughs) So... I guess fuck you to 15 million people. I'm a ima- I like I I'm like imagining like the floor vote cuz I, I did they did bring it up for a vote or or something and it just got shut down. But I'm just imagining like the last day and it's just all like it's all like cardboard cutouts of all the all the people <laughs> are just like pillows with like sunglasses and a suit or something. It's just like Yeah. We're out of here. Bye. Um I'm yeah. Just like, what, what do they think is going to happen? I yeah, I would be shocked if they thought about it at all. Um, it, it's yeah, I would be curious to know what the thought process is because it's like, I'm sure for some of them they're like, I don't care. I I have plans with my family and I need to get out of here. Sure, I have to go to my third home by the lake. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. If you were to interview somebody like, I don't know, Mitch McConnell, and be like, what do you think the end game of this is? If millions of people are already behind on their rent and there are mass evictions, like, what yeah. do you think is going to happen? Mm-hmm. If if he has even, like, an answer or, like, thought about that? No, I, I really doubt they have. Um, I really don't think they probably consider the after effects um, because... I think also probably in a lot of their minds, it's sort of like, well, you know, we gave extended unemployment. We did benefits, all we could. Yeah. You know? it, it's so, a tough like, time. We're all making sacrifices. Yeah. I you haven't know? been able to go to a concert in like a while. <laughs> We're all making sacrifices. Well, now I'm imagining Mitch McConnell at a concert. And it's I bet just he hilarious. is like in the pit, throwing <laughs> elbows. He's the problem that the band has to like stop uh-huh, and be like, yep. hey, this dude, this dude right here. <laughs> oh, not Mitch again. <laughs> they call him Mitch the Thrasher. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really don't think they 
I don't think it was thought through at all at any point, right? Even when they instituted it. Because even when they instituted it, I was like, I mean, that's a great step, but like, you can't just put an eviction moratorium and then not also deal with the fact of like back rent and stuff like that. Because right, no matter when you turned it off, as soon as it's gone, there's going to be millions of evictions. Right. There's no way around that. I'm hoping there'll be some kind of organizational effort and uh, these these people who are evicted will be able to find some kind of support. Um Yeah, cuz there's good. a lot of them. There's a lot of them and that like that to me is the only potential upside to it where it's like you're not alone. You know, there there's so many people dealing with this. Right. Um, and they could potentially be like a really formidable force if they can find each other and communicate and organize. Right. Yeah. And I know, and I know I should say, I know that's happening already. There's like clusters of tenants who are organizing and, and who have like worked out negotiations with their landlords. So I know that organizing is happening already. I'm talking about like some kind of national movement. Right. And there, there is one. I, it's it's not an upside, but the one sort of like thing that is um, the only sort of like, uh, I don't even know what to call it. It's not a silver lining, but it's not going to all happen at once is what I'm trying to say. Is that like right. eviction is a process and they have to go through the courts and stuff like that. It's, so Actually, it's very, very difficult to evict people. Um, yeah. I briefly worked in a leasing office for like a luxury um, apartment complex. Mm -hmm. And these were like really, really expensive apartments. Um, And they had quite a few tenants who uh, some couldn't pay because of the the pandemic and stuff like that. But also um, there were like people with mental illnesses who had lived there many, many years and were like hoarders and stuff like that. And they were trying to, evict them because like they had allowed the apartment to uh, become dilapidated or there were like problems with like leaking pipes and they wouldn't give the building access to fix it. Right. So like structural problems that they couldn't uh, deal with. And it is virtually impossible to evict people right now. So if you are in a position and you live in a major city where you're, you can't pay rent and your landlord is trying to evict you the law actually is on your side. Mm-hmm. So don't fucking leave. <laughs> you know, like, because it is actually, you have a lot of squatters' rights. Yeah. And just make, I mean, I, I, like, I would say this about mostly anything, not even just like evictions, but like, you should make them go through, like, because the landlords are going to be like, we're evicting you. Yeah. But that's not how it works. And they have no. to go through the courts and, the you know the police or the sheriff or whatever has to come and like physically like you should like they, they make them usually, do it they usually do not want to do that um also <laughs> right. fucking film everything mm-hmm. um film everything write everything down yeah just keep records of everything they're telling you um but yeah the law actually is on your side i was pretty surprised when i saw how hard like this office had been trying like for close to a decade to ev- evict this one guy Wow. And they they still were like nowhere near getting him out. And this was the guy who's like actively destroying their building. <laughs> <laughs> and they can't get him out. So it's like 
Right. It actually is quite difficult to evict people. So um, at least in this one instance, I don't know how it is everywhere. But yeah, this. Yeah. What I'm saying is like, don't let them intimidate you or bully you. Yeah. there, There's like a, the opening scene of that Michael Moore movie, Capitalism, a love story is like it's like sheriffs pulling up and evicting somebody out of their house. Mm-hmm. Um, and that scene always like kind of like sticks in my brain because it's kind of a wild scene. Um, and like police are like banging down the door and like I think use like a, a battering ram at one point. Um, but like, yeah, you should like you should make that like force their hand. Like you have to make them like Absolutely. make them do it. Fuck them. Absolutely. Fuck them. It's crazy that we're putting tenants through this right now. Yeah, I it's disgusting. I hate this country, et cetera, et cetera. Here's your good news. All right. So I wanted to talk about Simone Biles standing up for her mental health in the good news section. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a really important moment, not just for professional sports and the Olympics, uh, but in general (laughs) for like people who are suffering right now and also um, people of color, women of color. I think it's like really important to see Simone Biles step back and say, I'm not okay and I don't want to do this right now. And actually, it's dangerous for me to do this right now Um, because if, if you haven't been following this story, Uh, A lot of conservatives have framed this as Simone Biles being like weak and being a quitter. (laughs) And actually what happened to her is quite common in professional athletes. It's very, very dangerous. It's called the twisties. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you are friends or have ever spoken to someone who was a high level gymnast or diver um, or, or anybody who competes uh, like a, competitive cheerleading, any sport that requires you to tumble or flip in the air. How people are able to do that is when you're very, very young and you start training, doing very complicated moves like the tumbling routines that Simone does, is you're completely disoriented when you're in the air and your coach watches from the sideline and says, floor or says uh extend if you're a diver and that's how you know you're about to hit the water or you're about to hit the mat and you know to brace mm-hmm. you do that ten thousand times and then it becomes sort of like a roadmap in your brain and your coach doesn't need to scream that anymore you instinctively know when you're about to hit the floor which is how you can stick your landing what happens with the twisties is one day for no fucking reason or if you're under a lot of pressure, like Simone is, not just because of the Olympics, but also the Larry Nassar um, sexual assault investigation, of right. which she was one of many, many victims. If you're under a lot of stress like that, um, you can become disoriented and that roadmap vanishes in your brain. So she no longer knows when she's about to hit the floor and she falls. She could land on her head and break her fucking neck. Um, and it's really, really dangerous. So that was happening to her. Fortunately, she didn't break her neck or hurt herself severely, but they caught it early enough. There's, there's footage online you can see of her practicing on the parallel bars when, um, when they have that big vat of sort of like, um, foam, foam (laughs) cushioning that you land in instead of the hard floor, 
And you can see she has no idea where the fucking floor is. Like, she can't stick her landing. The roadmap is gone right now. And it'll probably come back. But at least right now, for competition, she pulled out of the the overall competition. Because she is afraid for her safety. Totally understandable. Sure. Um, she And she made it very clear, I am pulling out for my mental health. Like, it's a combination of factors. It's the stress. She said she feels like she has the weight of the world on her shoulders right now, which she does. She quite literally does. Mm-hmm. Representing America, she's our best gymnast. She knows that millions of people are watching her. It's the Larry Nassar shit, and it's the pandemic. She feels really fucking isolated in Tokyo right now. She doesn't have her usual support system. She's not okay. And she wanted to pull out. And she did. And I think she should be applauded. And I think it was a really, really big moment because, you know, a lot of people were comparing her to Carrie Shrugs. And what happened in the the 90s Olympics where she stuck her vault landing on a broken ankle and everyone was like, yeah, fuck yeah, America. There's no reason to put a young woman through that shit and have her destroy her body for the, the stupid Olympics. Like, I'm sorry. It doesn't make you tough. It makes you stupid. <laughs> Simone Bi- Anybody who says Simone Biles is not tough, she's... One of our greatest living athletes. She's the greatest gymnast of all time. She has competed with sprained and broken limbs already. She's mm. tough. She just hit her limit and she's smart and she knew to pull out. Yeah. Well, there's also a difference. I I don't mean this in relation to, to, to Carrie Shrugs, but but in general, like there's a difference between like I have kind of like a busted ankle or or like a sore limb or whatever, and also like I can't tell where I am when I'm in the air. Yeah, she's completely disoriented. And I was really glad to see a lot of professional athletes come forward, people who have experience tumbling that way, who were like, oh, yeah, it would have been irresponsible for anyone to let her continue that way. Well, that I think was the most like positive part of the story. And I think the thing that people should like, the, the thing that I think is really telling is you know she she you know dropped out and as you mentioned like all of these like conservative you know pundits and all of these people for some reason these people who have a problem with like a a black woman who is very (laughs) high level in her area of expertise for some reason they specifically have a problem with her Right. Um, and they're all like, yeah, you know, she's part of the Olympic team. This is She's letting down her country. She's letting down her team. But all of her team was like, yes, this is good. Like, also, this how is- many fucking medals has she won? Like, what right. do you... They want her to keep doing it until she dies, which mm-hmm. is like, fuck yourself. Like, she, she gave enough. She could quit tomorrow, and she's one of the greatest athletes of all time. Yeah. Hands down, the best gymnast of all time. And she could quit tomorrow. So, like, she has done enough. And these people who are like, she hasn't done enough while they're eating their snacks on their fucking couch, (laughs) critiquing a sport they've never attempted. Fuck yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's 100% because she is a black woman. It's 100%. They would never do that if it was a white athlete. It would be like, how noble of them to have sacrificed this much already. She didn't give enough because she's a black woman. And we expect black women to give everything. Right. I... 
get the twisties if I turn around too fast. Me too. I am dizzy <sighs> always. <laughs> I, that's not even really a joke. If I stand up too quick, sometimes I do get dizzy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I would never dream to critique someone like Simone Biles. She's a hero. Um, yeah. And I really think, uh, an underreported aspect of that whole story is the Larry Nassar shit and how gymnastics USA covered up for him for decades. And oh, yeah. I mean, he, he victimized so, so many young girls, including Simone. Um, and that was, all extremely public pretty recently. So ordinarily in the best of times, that's a lot to take. And then she right. had to go to the Olympics. <laughs> right. It's like this woman, leave her alone. Well, um, that, that video of her, <clears throat> excuse me, that video of her practicing yeah. is really scary. Not mm-hmm. because anything crazy happens, but no. like you have the knowledge that this is the greatest gymnast that like that has been alive like this is you know arguably the greatest gymnast of all time and like you're watching her you know flip through the air and she's just like landing flat on her back like it's very cliche the sound she's making is like really heartbreaking because she's so frustrated like she knows when she's still in the air she's not gonna land and you hear her go like oh like she's so she wants it back so badly which is extra heartbreaking because people are being and i should say like you know millions of people have have given words of support for her but there is a very vocal minority who are criticizing her and when you watch that video it's like she wants the roadmap back she wants to be able to do it she just can't do it right now due to circumstances that are completely out of her control it's not her fault it is a mental health thing and like back off, you know, she's not like she's one of the hardest working people, athletes at the Olympics. She right. wants to make it happen. She just can't, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's also in good news for the Olympics. Did you see the uh, the fencing, the U.S. men's fencing team who yes. wore pink masks? OK, <laughs> so if you don't know the backstory, this is nuts. There is a U.S. men's uh, fencing representative at the Olympics right now named Alan Hadzik, who has been accused by multiple women of sexual misconduct. Um, and the official Olympics body, I think, took the charges so seriously that he was suspended for a year. But he was able to come back in time for the Olympics <laughs> and so there's these great photos of the other men on the team wearing pink masks, ostensibly in support of Alan's victims and them sort of like signaling to the world, we believe the women. And then Alan standing to the side wearing like a regular black mask. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say kudos to those men because... I can easily imagine not that long ago uh, an all-male team like that sort of being like bros before hoes, you know, and being like, we're going to the Olympics. Like, those bitches are lying. And these guys, like, those must be some tough, tense (laughs) team lunches. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was thinking about that when I saw the picture. Like, it dawned on me. 
like oh yeah these like they don't have a choice in like like people no. just get put on the olympic team you don't get like, to be like we don't want them on our team yeah like you you don't get to say like i would really like alan to not go <laughs> because we have you know a pretty severe moral disagreement about right him sexually assaulting women um but yeah like what a nightmare to have to i mean obviously listen the victims in this situation are the women who uh he assaulted oh yeah yeah, yeah of course but how fucking terrible that you have to share a space with this guy who it's like you're a monster dude like i don't like you right you should probably be punished by <laughs> our justice system and not be rewarded by going to the Olympics. But I was really glad that they took this stand and, you know, what a platform to do it on and to say, like, we believe women, you know, in their own, however they could do it. That's that's the way that they chose to do it. Right. It was very powerful. And I think they should be commended for it. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I mean, as you mentioned, they're not they're not victims in the story, but <laughs> right. but they they are put in like a like, again. It just I hadn't thought about it before until I saw the picture where it's like, oh yeah, you don't like their only option is like we can all three resign, or like there's no other choice. Like you don't get to be like we don't want him on the team. It's not that's you know. the thing. Even if you personally step down, somebody else takes your spot, and maybe right. it's a guy who sympathizes with Alan who doesn't believe the women you know right. like it does it doesn't necessarily even do anything if you resign from the team to right. me this was the powerful move they could make like unified yeah. showing they believe women but like I was just like how ter- like can you imagine <laughs> if like not that you should believe women and care about women always but imagine if you have a sister or a mother or a wife or a girlfriend or a friend who is a rape victim and like now you're on a team with this guy, like how fucking awful! Like right. The the real the real villain in this is obviously Alan, but also the body that allowed him to go to the Olympics. Uh, insane, insane! A year suspension? Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, you're gone. You're gone, dude. Three women. You know what they say about women? Women always be lying in threes. <laughs> Three women always show up to say the same thing about a guy, and they're always lying. What? Well, uh, it's just so wild crazy. to me that like he got the suspension. So obviously they, they believe that he's them. guilty. And their their solution was okay. You got to just go think about this for a year, and then you can come back. It's like what? And then you can come back and go to the Olympics. The Olympics, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> All right, guys, we've already gone too long. Please follow Eric on Twitter at Eric. I'll spell it again. You guys always misspell it. (laughs) I spell it every time Eric's on the show. E-R-E-K underscore Smith. Oh, my God, Eric. I recently. I here's what I don't understand. I am a child of the Internet, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I grew up with the Internet. So you think I would know how it works, right? Sure. I recently, not only did I discover that there's like a hidden Patreon inbox for creators that I have never accessed before, (laughs) but there's also um, another folder on Instagram messages that I never knew about for Light Trees and News. So we didn't get to them on this episode, but next episode, I promise I'm going to get to some of (laughs) them. 
messages, if they're still relevant. Um, some there was one from March where I was like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. This like none of this is going to be relevant anymore. I absolutely can't read it on air. But if you oh. send me a message and I didn't personally read it on air or get back to you, I fully didn't see it. So I apologize. But uh, don't be like me. Be good at the internet and follow Eric. Um, is there anything else you want to plug? No, I'm just uh, you know, right just on my life. Right on. Hell yeah. Um, guys, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Again, I apologize about my voice. What are you going to do? People get sick, right? It's a free show. Shut the hell up. <laughs> uh, have a great rest of your weekend while you're at it. If you're vaccinated, get outside and cause a little trouble. <laughs> <laughs>